So Tim has asked me to kind of facilitate some time today to go further into grace. And I'll just say right now that um, I don't know where we're going to go with this. I mean, um, I am a performance girl. I go into performance so easy it's not even funny. So whenever I get asked to do something, I immediately try to figure out what I'm going to do. And um, I spent most of my Thursday trying to figure that out and knowing that I was going to come here and just fall flat on my face. And um, I've had to just kind of rest in him, and that's what he, so we went to play racquetball on Thursday, and in that activity of just enjoying losing myself in the instinct of where you hit and what you do and everything else. He said, this is what I want you to do on Sunday. I just want you to rest in me right now. Relax. And I think he wants to take us on a journey today. And um, has anybody else here, we went last night to see the shack. And has anybody else, I know you guys have seen it. Has anybody else seen it yet? You've read the book. Is anybody here who doesn't know the story hasn't read the book? Okay. So my question is the turmoil around. Yeah. So my question is, does anybody care? I don't think I'm going to give any, but does anybody care if there's spoiler alerts going on here? Okay. Um, so we went to see it last night. There's a couple of things that really, really stuck out to me. There's a scene in the movie. Um, and I'm just going to show this to begin with, that I don't think is in the book. And when they get ready to cross to another side of a lake for him to have an experience, um, he's in a boat in the movie, and um, things start to happen. And he has had a very traumatic experience, and so if everybody knows the story, he's lost a child in a very, very horrible way. And something starts to happen in this boat, and he sees something like her, I think it was her, coming up underneath the boat. What, didn't he see the, the, the girl, his daughter? And he reached down to kind of grab her. When he came up, his hand was just covered in like a sludge, and fear took over. And he started to wonder what, I mean, things are bumping into the boat. The boat starts to break up, and the water's running into the boat. It's this inky blackness that's just, and he's freaking out. I know that feeling. <laughs> Um, and Jesus started to get a hold of his heart going, Mac, it's not happening. This is not really happening. This is inside you. Get your eyes on me. I'm, and, and he couldn't. He like, yeah. could just look at the boat, and he's like, it's, and then another crack, and more water's coming up. He's like, get your eyes on <coughs> me. Yeah. And he had to do everything he could to pull himself out of that fear and get his eyes on Jesus. And when he did, all of a sudden he came to himself and the boat was fine. And, it, and I think that really hit me because we, hit our, we get into places where fear hits us and it's not real. And I, we have to keep our eyes on him, but how we do that is a mystery sometimes. I, fear grips me, and I don't know about you guys, but it grips me and it pulls me and I have the hardest time pulling my eyes back to him. So the other thing that hit me in the movie 
was the fact that he gets invited to go back to this shack, and the shack is the place where he came face to face with the death of this child. And in his connection and his visitations with God during this time, several things are happening. And one is that God is inviting all of the difficult conversations. And I love that. And that's what he's wanting to do, is give you permission to have the difficult conversations. To challenge him, to tell him the deepest fears, the deepest angers, the things, and let him in. Because he asks God at one point, he asks Papa, why here? Why did you bring me back here? And the answer was really simple. It's because this is where you got stuck. And there's places in our lives where we're stuck. And God's wanting to move us forward, and we got to go to those places and let him get us unstuck. And that's where he wants you to go today, in your heart and in your mind. A few months back, when we were in corporate at Tim's house, the Lord gave me a picture, and he's not let it go. And he keeps bringing it back over and over and over again. And Jesus was asking permission. I saw him asking me permission. And I think he's asking every one of us permission today. He wanted to go into my attic. And he wanted to go into my basement. And he wanted to start going through things that have been packed away. He wanted to dust things off and go through and unpack a lot of stuff. And it's a long process. When we moved into our house that we're in right now, I have boxes that have been packed up for 30 years of memorabilia, letters, cards, ticket stubs, you name it, it's in there. And, and I, had, I didn't have room for it anymore. So I've had to go through it. And those boxes, many of them are still sitting there. I'm still trying to find time to go through and make decisions about what to do with all this stuff. But Jesus is asking permission for each one of you to let him, over time, go into those deep places and let him address the fear. Let him address the pain. Let him address the disappointments. Let him address the wounds. Let him even address the accomplishments and the positive, the trophies and the crowns and go, let's talk about this. Um, Grace, I want us to talk about that, and I don't want this just to be me talking today. I want to hear, I want us to start to talk, and I want us to help define what this is, because to me, grace is one of those words like glory. It's got a neat, all of us kind of think we know what it means, but then if you ask somebody point blank to find this, it could have all kinds of meanings, you know? I ask you to define what is glory right now, everybody would have either a hard time coming up with a specific description or come up with all kinds of descriptions about what they can, but nothing concrete. And I think God wants us to come up, begin to start exploring, because I think grace is not one thing. I think grace is very multifaceted. I think this, it's very, 
it's got a lot of substance and it's got a lot of depth and it could look so many different ways to so many different people depending on which angle you happen to be looking at it. Perspective is everything. And um, so I want us to talk about that. And I asked, I mean, I've got a few verses here. And I, if, I don't know if people have Bibles, but I'd like you to go to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9. Chapter 9, and in verse 8 is the one that really was came, coming to mind. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I know this, ver this set of verses, when you go through it, is about a gift. It's about financial giving is what I believe it, the context is. But there's something about when I was reading it that we, we, want, we can't give what we don't have. And we gotta, if we're going to give grace to other people, we have to receive it first because he's the God of all grace and he gives abundant grace and we don't know how to receive it. And here it's like if you, if, if um, in the, I hear, here's the, the uh, Passion Translation. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. And one of the things I struggle with is I'm always kind of figuring that it's, again, the performance thing means that I'm always seeing what he's expecting me to put out what he's expecting me to do, what he's expecting me to perform. But I can't do that if I don't let him pour in first. And so that's one of the things I'm going to challenge you guys today is just to, we're going to try and take some time to just be quiet before him and go, what are you pointing to? And how do you want to talk to me? So let me ask, before we go any further, let's just talk about grace and how you perceive it and what it is to you. How about you, Jess? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my, my view on it or my perspective on it has really changed since we started talking about it, you know, and just like us talking about it in our MKF or just by ourselves. Um, I think for the better, you know, like, I have a more, I have a more comfortable understanding of it, and a more, um, a more positive view of it, because it almost seems like, what I thought before was like grace is, um, not your ticket for doing wrong things, but 
it's kind of like your get out of jail for <laughs> it's kind of you know like not not it's not a ticket to do it but it's like i still have that in my back pocket so kind of i can like use it when i want to but um which seems more like a selfish thing you know to have that kind of view of it and i feel like now my view of it is more um it's just like an outpouring of love instead of like I'll help you get out of something bad it's like I still love you and I still want you to get where you're going Mm. so no matter what roadblocks you hit I'm gonna get you there and Mm -hmm. I'm still gonna be standing next to you and not like hiding behind you in embarrassment you know Mm, I love that Um, that's really so I think that's that's kind of that's awesome where I'm kind of going with it yeah. Since we've been talking about it, and since we've been kind of just discussing what it is, and yeah, if that answers your question. It does. Okay. <laughs> it does. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of move around. So I'm, I'm asking, does anybody else want to step up right now, or you want me to call on somebody? Yes, <laughs> God's been kind of revealing it the same way to me. Is that like not, not just that He has grace for me, but that we're to have grace for each other. Yes. And no matter what anybody else does, like. I'm still to love you, and and I'm still to have grace for what you've done to hurt my feelings or whatever it might be, you know, mm-hmm. and and so kind of that he has this amazing grace for me that no matter what I do, he's gonna love me unconditionally, mm-hmm. and he's going to again kind of excuse that, yeah. but it's not because. He just wants to excuse it. It's because he sees where I'm going, and, love, he, yeah. and he sees that I need to get there, and he wants me to get there. Yeah, and so right. it's that that help and that encouragement. So as we're helping each other and living in family and mentoring each other, it's that same thing. Whereas somebody that I'm mentoring, if they're stumbling and they're treating me like absolute crap, it doesn't matter because I see where God's taking them. Mm-hmm. And I see their potential, and I'm going to help them get there, and I'm just going to keep loving them through it, and I'm not going to expect even an apology. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's it's grace. It's just, I just have this for them, and it, and it doesn't matter. And how much more so is he giving that to me? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, and I think the one thing that God's been showing me, and what Jesse already said, is that he sees where we're going. <coughs> and... And he gives us grace to get there. Mm-hmm. It's not grace to cover up what we did. It's grace to get where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that kind of goes along with the definition that I've always had of grace, which is like unmerited favor. It's like, you really don't deserve this right now, but I'm not going to change my behavior towards you simply because you did something that I don't like. When you were talking about, you know, no matter how they're treating you, your behavior towards them stays the same. And I, we went to a funeral yesterday. Um, for a lady who has been um, just a, a, a beacon for the last, you know, we've known her for 25 years. Um, but at this funeral, one of the things that was pointed out was that she was consistent about making the person in front of her feel like the most important person mm. in the world, regardless of what they were going through. When somebody came to her with a problem, it wasn't like, oh, you know, and see your, that we messed up and you know maybe when you get your act together I'll meet with you or something like that but the testimony was consistently through her life she gave grace 
to everybody that she came in contact with. Her children testified to this, that there, there wasn't one person who said, yeah, that's the person you knew, but the person I knew was like this. Yeah. It was just this consistent outpouring of grace, regardless of her circumstances. And she, she passed away from Parkinson's. And even during all of that trial, she was consistent about just loving the people around her. So, mm -hmm. But that unmerited favor, that thing that, you know, mm -hmm. it's like it, it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's a, you know, I'm here with you in the midst of what you're doing even if it's not really the best. Yeah, I grew up in the Lutheran church, and so I, I believe I was saved by grace through faith. You know, that's kind of Luther's thing. And to me, it was I am saved this one time because I believe in Jesus. <clears throat> and through all of this, like Dan was saying, like the consistency of grace, or the, like, it's an ongoing thing. It's not that, you know, Jesus said you're forgiven, or God said you're forgiven because of Jesus, and so now, you yeah, know, that's Fire that's insurance that. policy is in place. Your fire insurance <laughs> policy is in place, so we're good. <clears throat> it wasn't a one-time thing of, when you believe, I give you grace, and then from there. Because the Lutheran church that I was in is still very works, acts kind of orientated, and, you know, people trying to look right and stuff and, and it's just this this new revelation that it's an ongoing thing that it's constant it's constant of God in my you know speaking into my life grace and um, that me having to have grace for myself and um, when I mess up and then also having grace for others um, as I you know try to speak into their lives or God you know works through me into their lives that I need to have grace for him to work through me into their lives and I have grace for them. And so it's a yeah, just one of the concepts that's constant there. It's mm -hmm. not going. Mm -hmm. I think it takes away condemnation, self-condemnation, and also mm -hmm. condemnation towards other people. So when you, um, mm. when you receive God's grace for salvation, whatever, but it's also like um, Kellen was saying, but sometimes we don't forgive ourselves. And um, and even though God has given us tremendous forgiveness, and, it's, and, and that's his personality, he's gracious, that is, I mean, it's not like something he, he has to try to do, it's just that what he is. I mean, but he wants us to do that for ourselves, you know, to forgive and realize Okay, I'm not perfect, um, and I just you know give God credit for working in my life. But then once we have it for ourselves, we realize that okay, I screw up. I don't have to have Dave or David be perfect anymore either. Mm -hmm. And so I can, since I have, I've now received grace from God, now I also give it basically to myself too. Like okay, give yourself a break. I give other people breaks. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to be me. Mm -hmm. um, they can be their unique self and, mm -hmm. and not have to be perfect in my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, you know, God's leading us into you know, more and more of that. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Right. I know. So. For me, one of the practical sides of those things, of, of just how it's manifesting and walking out is as receiving that grace 
the ability to look past circumstances that are in people's lives, because I feel like maybe that's how God looks at us, so looks at me. It's like, and Michelle was touching on that too, it's like, he sees where we're going, so he knows who we are and how we're known in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to look at that, not ignoring or discounting the trials and the things that people are going through, but being able to see who they really are in the midst of that, so that you can love who they are while you're loving them out of what they're in. Mm -hmm. Love them out of it and help you through it to where they're going. You know, and I feel like that's how God does that with me. It's not like, come on, get your act together here. (coughs) Get your act together, but here's the tools to do it, and I'm going to love you in the process. Mm -hmm. Because where you're at is not okay. But that's not the important thing. Mm-hmm. It's our relationship, and it's this—it's the relationship that's involved in it. And just I don't know. At work this week, it's been a pretty rough. It's been a pretty rough week with different circumstances, with um, different social situations and things. But being able to help love people, help them love them to rightness and righteousness, without berating some of their life choices but being able to give tools to help get out of that so that there's hope in it. You know, so I think sometimes <coughs> I'm just kind of rambling on that, but just I think for me that if you're going to pull it down to, I think that's why it's hard, Kim, to define it, because it's it's not a definition. It's a situation. It's a circumstance. It's a it's life. And you can't define that and go, well, this is what it is. Deep, deep, deep. Right. You know, because this is what it, it's what it looks like, what it feels like, what it tastes like. Right. And how it acts. You, you know, you know it when you that. see it. Yeah. And it's like you have to, you experience it, you can't explain it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the word that's coming even while you're saying is it's like a, grace is a lot of attitude. Yeah. It, it's a lot of mm-hmm. our, and I mean, if you, it, attitude is actually a directional term a lot of times, and it's that direction of positivity and, and, yeah. and I'm for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So completely for you. There's yeah. nothing in him that's against us mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's an attitude. It's yeah. Such a good way to describe it. Yeah. You yeah. describe like happy. Well, you know, there's so many other positive words to describe happy, but it's it's an attitude, it's a feeling. That's what grace is. It's an yeah. attitude, it's a feeling. You can't define it because it's how we experience other people. Yeah. And it comes at me differently every day depending on where I happen to be experiencing mm-hmm. the deficiency what happens to be s- surfacing in me that day that needs mm-hmm. something and he meets that every single day can that overflow out of heaven <clears throat> onto me personally and since this is about me and not about us you know kind of in that it's like what does it mean to me that overflow onto me makes it where I have almost no choice but to respond in kind mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it's just become, it's become easier mm-hmm. because of grace. Mm-hmm. You know? It just, it cuts a lot. For me, it's cut a lot of the, okay, well, now I need to see who you are, not how you're acting, and da-da-da. It's just becoming yeah. more innate. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I guess, becoming more like, Jesus in that area, which is like, you're like, please Lord, bring more. <laughs> so it becomes so you have to think that we're thinking about it anymore, you know? Anyway, mm-hmm. rambling, sorry. 
I think one that's an interesting aspect of this, when Jess was talking about the get out of jail free card, there's a kind of a, a picture of who God is that goes along with that because it, you think you need a get out of jail free card as opposed to God is good and he's for me and he's looking to bring me out of this situation. I need this, this pass. <laughs> um, as opposed to, oh, God's really, really good. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, how, how is he going to respond if I mess up? Graham Cook had this, uh, had this um, was it Graham? Yeah, I think it was where he was saying, you know, there was this period in my life where I was just absolutely just not doing what I was supposed to be doing. Yes. And I was really mad at God because he was still treating me nice. <laughs> he was right. still yeah. being good to me. <laughs> and I knew that I didn't deserve it. But it, 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 it was like a year-long thing. And he said he just got this understanding of the goodness of God through that because his behavior didn't change. He says, I know you're messing up. Yeah. But it didn't change how God viewed him. So when we express grace to others, you know, there's this whole picture of, of God coming through us where we're able to transmit some of that. So when we're doing that consistently, we're giving a better and better picture of who is this God that has loved me yeah. and given me this grace. Right. That's beautiful. You know, sometimes um, I don't feel that grace. Um, and I don't. In what way? But, coming yeah, to you or I coming? Just, uh, no, you know, for me or for, or for others. And I think those are the times when when um, I haven't been um, spending time with the Lord because He's the one that actually, when, when, all the time, whenever I come to Him, there's that refreshing. Because you know, it, our passions, our stuff. If we if we don't spend time with the Lord. We can have try to have an attitude. We can try to have give grace to people, but our strength of that kind of wanes. Yes. Um, unless we have, you know, unless we're really, it's not a religious thing. Unless we're spending time with the Lord, like a lot, because He's the one that actually gives us. And mm -hmm. so, like, our, our, our relationship with Him, since that's His personality, it comes into our personality. Yes. And so it is like, it's like the manna or the quail that we need to have that in order to have the strength to be able to, mm -hmm. to give grace to ourselves, to other people, and also to sense God's grace. Mm -hmm. Because it, otherwise it goes into our head and stays there, oh, I remember that God mm -hmm. is gracious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he wants us to experience that as much as we can possibly experience, and that's him. He wants us to experience him. Mm -hmm. And because of that, then... All these things come out. Grace comes out, loving kindness, gentleness, all the fruits of the Spirit. And they get naturally coming out of us because we naturally have Jesus living his life more fully through us. When we don't spend time with him, it, kind of, we leak. We, we being me, then it, it kind of, um, I, need, I need him to be able to continue the, continue the flow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's keeping that relationship with him mm -hmm. is the most important thing you could possibly do. Because that activates everything. Mm -hmm. so. We are who we associate with. If we don't associate with God, how are we supposed to be like God? Mm -hmm. yeah. Become, Become Christ-like. I know for me, um, there's been a lot of... Um, I'm, j I'm trying to 
relate rightly without um, inappropriate expectations on my life, you know? Mm. Like Tim brought up the, uh, the thing a week ago or two or three weeks ago or something where, um, where he was like, you know, what, what's required for you to be saved, you know? Well, you got to believe and receive, you know? And it's like, okay, when did that, when in your Christian mm-hmm. development or your spiritual development does that stop applying and you need to do something, <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, that's a good question, <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't know that it ever does, but I think I feel that way a lot because I'm my mother's son and I'm a performance guy most of the time. <laughs> and so I, I then try to, try to perform well just because it's like, oh, I feel like I should, you know? This is a, I want to do well. And then because I put expectations on how I receive, I put expectations on how I give, you know? So I don't give grace very well unless people perform. And I have enough to say like, oh man, you got, you got sick, like you couldn't make it, or you know, you did this or that. But once there's like a deliberate choice to not participate or connect, it's like, I don't have enough grace for that. <laughs> because God doesn't have enough grace for me when I do that, you know? So I don't, you know, and it's all subconscious, but that's kind of my thought process. Yeah. And so I'm having to, to put myself into the mode of like, okay, there are zero expectations on me outside of believe, receive. And, and I will connect with the Lord based on if I believe and if I receive. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to perform. I don't have to read my Bible every day. I don't have to pray for a long period of time. If I believe and I try to connect even for 30 seconds mm-hmm. and I yeah. intentionally receive because I know that I have the ability to connect with fullness despite my, be- my behavior, then, uh, then he connects with me. And it's like, man, how do I need to apply that to other people then too? And that's been the biggest challenge is then saying, like, okay, you know, like Michelle was talking about and, you know, a couple other people have mentioned, I want to I wanna, um, have no expectations on other people that the Lord doesn't have on them, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if his expectation of them is to believe and receive and they get, they get God then I can't say my expectation of you is to believe, receive, and attend a meeting or to believe and receive and also do this. Like, I can't do that. That's not part of it. So I'm just going to love them in the midst of it, love them despite. And it's, it's been difficult, but it really has expanded my ability to connect with people because it doesn't, eliminate, it doesn't base how I connect on, on how they're performing or how they're behaving. Because I'm realizing that it doesn't matter how I perform or behave, how he relates to me. And it's been, it's been good in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, very good. It's kind of like, in mm-hmm. kindergarten, I remember my teacher always saying, like, if someone went and tattled, like, you worry about yourself. Don't worry about what, what's <laughs> You worry about yourself. There's enough to worry yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> worry about what you're doing. Don't worry about what he's doing over there. You know, I'll give him grace. I'm giving you grace right now. So that's so true. I think one thing too that the Lord's been revealing to me, and this is really fresh, so I'm not sure if I can put it to words very well, but is that grace is definitely based in love, but there's a peace to it as well. And and I can turn around and say, you know. Tristan was just having such a long night and he was choosing, last night he was choosing to do something I kept telling him not to do. Um, and this is, this is new behavior. This is not normal for him. And I can, I can have grace for that, but 
if I if I say I have grace for that, and yet internally I'm still getting super frustrated and annoyed, and I'm not at peace, mm -hmm. then then my grace for him is limited, and that's not true grace. Mm -hmm. And so I can have grace and love, but I also need to have peace about having that grace. Mm -hmm. And I need to have peace, you know, say some, again, somebody I'm mentoring is um, not treating me well. I can have grace and love towards them, but if I don't have peace about having that grace. So where does that peace come from? Lord. That's, that's, like I said, this is new. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know a whole lot more than that yet. <laughs> I mean, it's even grace that has to bring that peace. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's even like I am not even able to have peace about this. So mm -hmm. God, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And him going, I've got you. Because mm -hmm. I want to go, if you've got the Bible's turn, it's in 2 Corinthians again. You guys are all familiar with this, but 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Because this is what he's, he's having to say to me in verses 7 through 9. You know, Paul had been taken up. It says he's talking about himself in the third person, but that he knew somebody who had been taken up into the third heaven and had an experience and said there were things spoken to him that he was not so amazing and so wonderful. They're not allowed to even be spoken on this earth, which I... I don't know about you, but you know, when somebody kind of tells you a story, it says, well, I can't really finish. It's like, oh, come on. Guys, tell me what that is. I want to know. But it said that here, that he had been, I have, um, let's see here. The extraordinary level of the revelations I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. For this is why a thorn in my flesh was given to me, the adversary's messenger sent to harass me and keeping me from becoming arrogant. And three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this. But he just answered to me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weakness for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. And I just, these places that were stuck, that I don't even know that we know what they are. I think these are the boxes that he's wanting permission in our quiet time. And, he, that he, and he's going to reveal them even like by, I mean, for me, it was this. It was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be what I think somebody else wants me to be. I don't know how to do this. I feel like, and he's like, it's okay, because my grace is sufficient. And he's trying for me to teach me how to be me. I called a girlfriend, or I texted her, and I said, this is what's going on on Sunday. I need you to pray for me. And she goes, oh, this, she was, I'm so excited for you. You're so ready for this. You know, I'm like, I'm not feeling that, okay? I'm glad, glad you're excited, but I'm not. And she said, just be you so the Holy Spirit can be who he is. Just be who you are. That's hard for me. Now, maybe I don't know about everybody else, but that's one of my areas of being stuck. Because for the longest time, my way of coping with uh, stress, my way of coping with the things I struggled with when I was a kid was just be the good girl. 
find out <coughs> what is the, the hoops you got to jump through and learn to jump through them. Well, that was a really good coping mechanism for a long, long, long time. It kept me out of trouble, kept me from getting spanked, it kept me from getting grounded, it kept me from getting any of the punishments, but that's not God's way. He's not interested in me trying to come up with some kind of fake persona to make everybody feel okay with me and keep me out of trouble. He's interested in releasing who the person is who Kim, he, the person he made Kim to be, and I don't know who that is. Yeah. I, I mean, I really literally <coughs> don't honestly know sometimes who that is. There's occasionally times when I flow in it a little bit, and I love it, and then it just gets covered up by, I'm so used to the performance thing, and so used to putting on that persona, that to break out of it gets really scary. Um, to step outside and not, like, you know, not have a plan coming into today. Like, what do I do? I've got a couple scriptures. I don't have this outline. I don't have stories laid out. I don't know how people are going to respond. I, you know, I don't have any control in this area, and I want control. And, um, and his grace for me has just been allowing the voice of comfort. So grace for me has been comfort in here. It's been the voice of counsel. It's been the voice of tenderness. It's it's just and it and it just adjusts itself to my need at that point, and allowing my weakness to be at the top and to be okay with it. That's very very cool because in this in this season, I mean, we've all revisited grace lots of different times and. Things hit us in different in different ways, but this this time around, uh, it the grace hits me as a revelation of the character of God. It's not something that He has in a bag, so that when a situation yes. arises, He digs into this bag, He grabs something that He has, and then He applies it like an ointment to you know, like you pull muscle, you put icy hot or. You apply something like a tool. Right. It is his character. Yes. So it's who he is. It's not even an attitude. An attitude leads to eventually that's who you are. Right. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's mm. this whole season of like grace, it shows me that's who you are not. And bottom line, the bottom line is you don't believe I am grace. I'm pure grace. I am extravagant grace. And it's it's about the revelation of his character. And so being yes. with him we get transformed. But that the revelation of like all these conflicts that we all have with grace. Oh I need grace. You don't need grace. It's not a tool. It's not in a bag somewhere and you're gonna oh I need patience. No, if that's not who you are, you don't have it. It's not something that you have externally or like, oh, this is something that we will learn or discipline, part of, of our tools of something. No, it's really a revelation of this is how unlike me you still are. And so, for example, like what Rod said was very, it's like, yeah, Jesus, you know, I'm only human. Yeah, so was Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because he set aside on purpose everything God on purpose is godliness too. So was so was he human. So it, it's not about having something, 
And I, it's just like so, for me, it's part of uh, the Psalm 136, you know, give thanks to the Lord for his chesed, his, we say mercy, some translation love, some grace, some, it's his covenant keeping love that never changes, that's that word, endures forever. That's who he is. He's that, it doesn't, he's not going to run out. He's mm -hmm. a, that's who he, he is love. He doesn't need love. He doesn't have love. That's who he is. And so it's, mm -hmm. grace this time around comes at me as mm -hmm. he wants to, me yeah. to really believe mm -hmm. who he is. And everything in me that is challenged by grace growers, you know those people that Graham Cook talks about? <laughs> people who write hate letters or who mm -hmm. don't do their job or who don't. They, they, they grow grace in us. They don't give us grace. They grow grace. Like, this has to... For me, this time around, it, it seems like God really wants to restore for, for me knowing who He is. Yes. Not what he offers. Not the, it's not part of the gift of the Spirit. It's not a something external. It is becoming like him. Mm -hmm. Or how unlike him I still am. That's what confronts me with grace around. So it, 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 you write grace and it evokes uh, mm -hmm. like Tim or Chris Volatin or like they, they write something about grace. And they, they get a hundred hate letters. And it's, the problem is not because God is not grace. It's because the, the confrontation is, I really don't believe that he is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. um, I, so I, I feel like, for me, this, how important it is that the impart, like, the, it's a transformational in my heart to become like him. There's a man, there's a gap there. Mm -hmm. He is he's so not threatened by, you know, like we had this yeah. conversation yeah. yesterday. He's so not threatened by you know all these everybody was talking about their confrontations with grace. <coughs> That's who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't have to Oh, I need an extra measure of grace for this person. No, he's trying to teach us exactly that. Like, this is who I am to you in this situation. So that's what you were saying. Like, in this, like, I, I, I want to tie it to what you were saying because you're trying to think, oh, what do I need? What tool? How, what do I do? What do I... And God says, I'm no, enough. You need to, you need to be. Yeah. Like, if you are... Yeah. Kim, if you are who you are, then the Holy Spirit can be who yeah. He is. Yeah, He's asking me to. I mean, He's coming. I had I had an encounter with Him a couple of couple of weeks ago. Um, a very good friend of mine, her and I had an amazing conversation for a couple of hours, and I realized during that conversation that there's something about her relationship with God that has, there's a familiarity, and I mean this in, a, in the best way, there's a love familiarity between her and Him that is so precious. 
and so tender. And I used to have that, but I've gone through some things that really, that took a hit. And um, I started sensing that, just that lack, that need. And before the phone call ended, I said, I really want you to pray for me because I need this back. I really want that with him again. And so she started to pray and she's very prophetic. She heard some beautiful words over me and I took a lot of notes on it. And it just opened the spirit realm for me. So as soon as we get off the phone, I spent some time with the Lord. I have this great soaker tub, so I got right in that soaker tub and spent some time with the Lord. And I found myself just opening up to singing to him. And I and I was and it, there was no music, just me, just singing to him. And then I quieted and he started to sing to me. And my song was praises. And so was his. I mean, he want he wanted to praise me. He wanted to sing love and affection and adoration over me. Like I love you, Kim. I love the way you work. I love the way you know. It it was so challenging to let God tell you that. So you know, we again, worship is awesome, but again, it's an outpouring of our heart toward him and we know we're asked to do that we know it's good for us to do that but do we let him love on us back because you are constantly loving like on Noah just I love you buddy you are so I mean but in in the position positionally way we think about it you're the father he's a child he should be doing that like daddy I love you and that's but part of where he's going to get that is because you're pouring that into him and our hearts have to open to let him begin to speak the tender, you know, just the tender language of a lover into our heart. And um, one of my favorite verses is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says, come to me. And that's the phrase right there. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I, um, he took me to, to John 5, 39 and 40. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you're unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. And there's something about he's wanting us to come to him in these areas of weakness. Come to him in these areas of where we're stuck. And in order for us to know where those are at, because they've become so normal <laughs> that they are. They're packed away in these boxes. And that's why he's asking permission. And I want to release that over everybody today to receive that. To be able to let him in your quiet time say let me go in and let me begin to say and he's through life situations whatever he's going to begin to start putting his finger and saying let's open this box let's talk about why you're uncomfortable over here why you're stuck and everybody's going to have their chance to in a sense go to their own personal shack with the lord and that's not going to happen necessarily today that's going to happen over some time but that's I read another book recently by the same guy who wrote The Shack originally, um, and I know there's a lot of controversy supposedly toward a lot of the stuff that he writes, but it was about Eve, and there's a lot of talk about 
that name coming up lately, and one of the, the concepts that came through to me was the turning away from the Lord in the garden, that Adam turned and Eve, they turned from him, they turned to the tree, they turned to themselves, they turned away from God being everything to them. And Jesus is saying, turn back. Turn your heart back to me, and in grace, I can talk with you as he reveals who he is, because as we behold him, we're going to become like him. So I think that what we're supposed to do is I'm supposed to pray and pray over each one of you. So I don't know, can you put on some music, some just quiet music? And release this.